You know, it's always a blessing to see a group of young people get up and sing for the Lord. Sure beats seeing them out stealing hubcaps or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean what a blessing. Well, it's good to have have family of uh, uh, Ansley. Ansley's getting baptized today, and so family come in for the baptism and called uh, Brother Gibson. I said, hey, listen, uh, won't you baptize her? Keep it, you know, something special about being able to baptize your grandchildren, and, but it'd be something special for her also. I said, while you're here, you might as well preach to us. Amen. So, Brother Gibson, you come preach for us, brother. All right. Take your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 2. First Chronicles chapter 2. Make sure I turn that thing on. I did. Always enjoy to fellowship one with another. I do want to uh, publicly just be thankful for Sam and Elaine being in the church and raising their kids in church. And I'm glad Brother Greg and Miss Mary Beth are part of our church and raised Elaine right. And, and Sam was partly raised right. And, uh, and uh, just the joy to fellowship uh, when they got married and then started having kids, two families. And appreciate Brother Greg and Miss Mary Beth being faithful to the Lord. And a good heritage on, on this side and on this side. Uh, Mary Beth and Brother Greg's family uh, in church. And uh, we thank the Lord for that. Her, uh, Brother Greg's mom was such a blessing. This was my first time when I came to church. And um, just, uh, just a prayer warrior. Uh, my mom, faithful to the Lord. Um, in the church uh, once uh, I got saved and just good things to heritage to have and uh, uh, you know just, just glad about that and uh, you know the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable I don't know if you've ever read 1st Chronicles I tell you, it'd be better if it was named Joe and Bob and Larry and Sam and, you know, names that you and I might kind of associate with. By the time I'm done reading it, I've butchered them names up bad. I don't even know if they're right. I listen to Scrooby or Scrubby, whatever his name is, read them. I think, where'd he get that at? That ain't the way I pronounce it, amen. But you know, the Bible <coughs> is profitable. And I just want to read two verses. And uh, I only got five minutes because Brother Thomas is going to leave after five minutes. And uh, he's done been offended in Sunday school. And so uh, he's going to pack out in five minutes. But I hope you'll stay. I think there's a, less, there's a lesson here for me whether, whether you get it or not. There's a lesson here for me. And I'm, I'm ashamed to have to preach this to myself and to study for myself and be convicted. Um, but most mes <coughs> messages I find... Uh, deal more with me than they ever do the church. And uh, so I just want to read you a couple. Do you all stand to read, preacher? All right, let's stand together to read. <coughs> uh, First Chronicles chapter 2. In unison, we'll read all those verses. <laughs> uh, Y'all like having, be all right, have fun in church, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd like be like talking in tongues. That'd be the Tower of Babel all over again, wouldn't it? I just, want to, I just want you to look at verse number 30 and uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse number 30. The Bible says, And the sons of Nadab, Seled, and Appam, and if I know how they pronounce them, you just pronounce them any way you want. They're dead. They don't care. Okay? 
I'm really interested in that next part of the verse. But Seled died without children. Then if you would look down, verse 32, the sons of Jada, uh, the brother of Shammai, uh, Jether and Jonathan, and Jether died without children. That's a, that's a just common verse. But the more I got to thinking about it, I think there's a spiritual application that you and I can have uh, here today. And so let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you for the day and the privilege it is to preach. Help us to have the liberty to preach, the Holy Spirit to convict us and draw us, and God to work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Uh, this morning I read about Jesus and a woman that uh, coming to him had the issue of blood. And you know, uh, that, that crowd had been with Jesus, been accustomed to Jesus, bumping up against him, and this, that, and the other. But there was one woman. Now, uh, Jairus was already there trying to get the attention of Jesus to come to his home. But there came a woman in the midst of the crowd with the thought, if I could just but touch his garment, the hem of his garment, I could get something from him that I need. And you know, I got to thinking, not everybody who comes to church gets something. But today, maybe you'll be that one who'll just get a hold of the hem of the garment, and it'll change your life. Amen. You know, I, I, this isn't a message about children as far as uh, uh, our physical children are concerned. But you know, most people desire to have a child. Uh, it's the natural desire of a young man and a young lady once they get married to have children. Not everybody has children, but it is that desire most of the time. Some are blessed with uh, a lot of children. Some uh, adopt. Some try other ways to have children of, of, of ways. And, and so we thank God for the heritage of our children and uh, of course of our grandchildren. Here's a record of a man, of two men, who died who never had children. They, they never had children. I don't know if they weren't married. I don't know if they died before they got married. I don't know if they were married and they couldn't have children and died. I don't know if they got married and before they could have children they died. I don't know what the case was in any reason. Only thing I know is the Bible says Jether died without children and so did Seled. And so I assume for whatever reason God put it in the Bible so you and I would know this. Just think about this. When they died their, their name was done. Nobody, nobody ever followed them. They might have had nephews and nieces. They might have had cousins and such. But as far as, as their legacy was concerned. Now we don't know much about either of them. But what we do know speaks a lot of volumes to us today in the spiritual realm. And I, I want to bring a message to your heart on this thought, all right? The shame of dying without children. And I'm not talking about kids. I'm not talking about my kids, my physical kids. I'm talking about not seeing anybody saved in your Christian life. Amen. The shame of dying without anybody saved in your life. The shame of dying without anybody coming to Christ because of you. The shame of dying without children. And the more I thought about this, I thought, you know, it'd be a shame to go through my Christian life and your Christian life and having never led one person to the Lord Jesus Christ. Having never done anything in my life to have made a difference to make somebody want to go to heaven. Why did they exist uh, in, uh, or when uh, they did any existence of their life was gone? Once they die. And here how sad it is that many Christians perish off of the earth and there's no existence. There's no evidence that they ever lived on the earth. I'm not talking about their, their tombstone and all that. I'm talking about there's no fruit from their life. 
And this morning, maybe God would revive your heart and mine today in this matter of desiring children of the Lord. How sad it is to go through the Christian life having never, having never led somebody to Christ. Is this water mine? I got, I got stung here on the neck by the bees, and, and it's, it's down. But I didn't realize how much a sting in the neck affects your voice. Praise the Lord. Thanks. <laughs> like, oh, even so come Lord Jesus. All right. Well, the Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, Paul said, I have espoused you to one husband. He said, my job was to see you come to Christ. He said, I'm not ashamed of that. And so we, we see people, uh, you know, somebody led to the Lord. Maybe, obviously, most of us in this room, maybe everybody in this room has made a profession of faith in Christ. Somebody has led you to the Lord. But my question is this, who have you led to the Lord? Amen. Who have you led? Now, I'm not talking about one of them accidental childs. Like, like you have a bunch of people in the church and, and somebody comes down to the altar and the pastor's behind the pulpit and, and he calls on you to come down here and lead them to the Lord. I'm not talking about that kind. I'm talking about how many people have you led to the Lord? How many people have you invested your life in leading them to the Lord? I believe one of the great sins in the local New Testament church, our church, and this, just let me maybe preface this by saying next week this crowd that's here, they'll hear this because I'm going to preach this to our church because I think this is what we need. I think there's the great sin of the church today is that we are content to be barren as far as having souls saved. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I think we're discontent. Well, you know, the preacher, he, he needs to win somebody to the Lord. Deacons, maybe Sunday school teachers. And, and we rejoice when people get saved. It's just that we're going through life as believers without children for the Lord. And so I want us to think about that today. I, I, I want to say that, um, you know, there's, there, the, the birth of a child is a wonderful thing. Uh, I've, I've compared this at our church before. I said, you know, whenever me and Yvette had kids, we went to the hospital. My dad never showed up. Uh, my mom worked at the hospital, so she was there. Other than that, it's just me and Yvette. We had kids, and that was it. We, she stayed in the hospital a few days, may have had some visitors here and there, and then we came home. Boy, now it, it's much different, isn't it? Everybody goes to the hospital. Well, if you, have, if you have kids that have kids, everybody goes to the hospital. And if you ain't there when they're born, it's like you're a curse, amen? I never thought anything was bad about my dad not showing up. Man, they call you, get to the hospital. So-and-so's having a child. <laughs> Glory to God. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> but you know, it ought to be an exciting thing amen. to come to the house of God. And the preacher call out the word, somebody Come to church. Somebody might get saved today. We ought to come to church this morning expecting God to work and souls to be saved. I wonder sometimes if people aren't saved because we don't expect them to be. I wonder sometimes if we come to church, it's just church. We're going to go to church. We're going to, oh, it's going to be great. Ansley's going to get baptized, but it's just churches. We come never expecting a childbirth. Childbirth comes unexpectedly. It is, it's just like one day you're fine and the next day you're in the delivery room having a child. That's the way childbirth is. And that's the way it ought to be in our lives today. C-led means exaltation. Jether means excess or plentiful. But that's not the way they lived. And if it is the way they lived, it's not the way they died. They died without children. You ever wonder why God puts some things in the Bible? They died without children. 
I, I'm always amazed. I'm thankful God has done finished up writing the book. Aren't you? Yeah. I mean, think about e, 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 Eli was fat. Of all the things you know about him, he was fat. Aren't you glad God's done writing the Bible? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're my size and bigger, you're thinking, amen. You might write that about me. I, I mean, aren't you glad? Listen, uh, we're, we're talking about things in the Bible. And you read this, and, and Selah had no children, died without children, and Jether died without children. Why did God put that in there? It's not so much for our, our, our understanding, because I don't understand the connection to them and all these other people. There is a historical connection. We understand, But the Bible tells us that these things are written for our admonition and learning. So we can learn something. So let's just learn the principle not to die as a Christian without children. Now I'm not talking about physical children. I'm talking about spiritual children. When I get to heaven, I want somebody there to say, Hey, I am thankful that Brother Tim spoke to me about Christ and I got saved. I don't want to get up there and everybody else have a family reunion and I'm the only one there that don't. Amen? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about that spiritual family. So let's look at some things here. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.30, don't turn there just yet, but the Bible says in <clears throat> Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. So how do we change this mindset? Well, you know what, preacher, I'm just not a soul winner. Amen? I'm just not a soul winner. I just can't talk to people. Well, we talk to people all the time. Under all kinds of circumstances, we talk to people. You know, one of the things I think is plaguing the church is maybe we're just a little bit embarrassed, or is maybe the Bible term, we're ashamed of who Christ is. Oh, I'm not ashamed of Him. Well, how come we don't speak about How come we don't share Christ with others? Amen? And so this morning, let's look at how to change the mindset that we have. Instead of being barren, and I won't take a, I won't take a, 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 a survey through here, and uh, see who, who has won somebody to Christ and who hasn't. Uh, that really means nothing. I just wanted to see it for my sake. And uh, so I won't do that, but I could go start here and there and go to person after person after person and say, have you ever on purpose led somebody to Christ? And it might surprise you the amount of people sitting here this morning or in our church back home that have never in their lifetime with purpose led somebody to Christ. Maybe in Revival meeting, maybe in a, a, a large group meeting, uh, just because of the need of workers, they led somebody to the Lord. But as far as going out and, and sowing a seed and watering a seed and trying to tell somebody about Christ, very few Christians ever accomplish that. And I got to thinking about that. I read those verses and the Holy Spirit began just to work on my heart. So we're going to look a few places in the Bible. Turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 30. And all these would be very familiar thoughts to you. <clears throat> you know, the Bible said, Jesus said this, if you're not gathering with me, then you're scattering. Well, I don't want to be a scatterer. I want to be a gatherer. Amen? I want to gather people into the kingdom. In Genesis chapter 30, <clears throat> here is Rachel. So, so how, you say, well, Brother Tim, I've never led anybody to the Lord. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't need, I'd be scared to death to talk. I don't, listen, I don't know word for word from Genesis all the way over to Revelation. Well, I doubt if anybody in this room does. You don't have to know everything to know what happened to you to tell somebody about Jesus. You just need to know a couple things. 
And, and if it's ever going to change, listen, preacher, I believe this with all my heart. I believe America could be turned upside down, as the Bible says in the book of Acts, if God's people would simply get burdened about this thing of souls. Souls all over uh, uh, Marshall and other in this county dying and going to hell. And you and I have the responsibility of telling them about Jesus. Here in Genesis chapter 30, verse 1, when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children. She just sat there and said, well, if that's the will of the Lord, hallelujah. That ain't what the Bible says, is it? No. You know what she said? Uh, Rachel envied her sister. Now, we're not interested in that part, but she said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. She said, Jacob, I've got to have a, I've got to have a child. They'd been trying to no avail. God wouldn't let her have a child. You know what this tells me? You and I, children, ought to be the desire of every believer. It ought to be the desire. You, listen, you as a Christian ought to desire to have children. Rachel said, I want children. Here was Leah. Man, she was having them here and there and this and that and the other. I think she had five or six and here's Rachel wanting children and couldn't have children. And she says, Jacob, I've got to have children. It ought to be the desire of every believer sitting here this morning to say, I want souls, God. The Bible says in, in Psalm chapter in Psalms chapter 2, verse 8, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. I'm, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not preaching to you. I'm just sharing you my heart. There's many times whenever I fail to ask God, God, give me souls. God, give me souls. We're so busy worrying about all the other things that are non-essential in the light of eternity that we fail to desire the most important thing, and that's the souls of men and women and boys and girls. God, give me souls. She said, I want, I want, I want children, oh God. I want children. It ought to be a daily cry. She was crying out. It ought to be a daily cry. It ought to be a church cry. The, the, the church here ought to have a, a church cry. God, give us souls. It ought to be a church cry. It ought, to be a, it, ought to be the, it ought to be the desire, the heartbeat of this church is God give us souls. It ought to be the pastor's cry. As a pastor, man, as a pastor, uh, we, we ought to be crying out, God give us souls. It ought to be a parent's plea. God, I want to be a parent. I want to see somebody saved. Children all around us, families all around us. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, thank God in verse number 22 of chapter 30, the Bible says, And God remembered Rachel and hearkened to her and opened her womb. You see, we got to have a desire for children before we get them. we got to have a desire for them before we get them. But you keep desiring and pleading with God long enough, and you'll see fruit from that prayer. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 16. And I just want to throw a little note in here just uh, just because I think it's necessary and needful today. I think there's probably a message in this all by itself. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 16, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. Boy, I tell you, it's a, I, I mean, uh, he, he was the chosen of God. He was going to have a son. He didn't have a son. Listen, listen. We got to have some heirs to this great kingdom of Abraham. Yeah. And he married a wife that couldn't have children. 
And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, Hagar. And she said, Abraham, since we can't get it done God's way, let's go the world's way and get it done. Now, I won't stay here very long, but I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of churches that aren't getting children God's way and are going the way of the world, the Hagar's, and they're having a bunch of Ishmael's in the church. I'm telling you, we've got a bunch of Ishmael's in the church, those that mock God. Amen. And and so, just just let me give you a warning. There's a Bible way to have children here. I'm I'm talking physical children. I'm talking spiritual children. And here was was, uh, Sarai who wanted children and she couldn't. She said, listen, we've got to go beyond the scope of God. Boy, I'll tell you what, preacher, it bothers me at all these churches that used to be fundamental and used to be preaching the gospel and used to be solid. And and they're all around us. And I'm sure they're all around here. And and they claim the name Baptist and others. and, And it just bothers me today that they have gone so many other ways, the way of Egypt to have children. Said, well, they had children. That's right, but they weren't Christians. Ishmael wasn't a believer. He was a mocker. And fools make a mock at sin. And I'm just telling you, be careful that we make sure we keep our minds straight and we have children God's way. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter number 1. So children are to be a desire of the heart. Children are to be labored in our prayers. You know the story of 1 Samuel chapter number 1. There's a a young lady there named Hannah, and Hannah wanted to have a, 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 a child, and she was unable to have a child, and burdened about it, and broken about it, and she began to pray about it. And I'm going to tell you what to make you have children today in your spiritual life if you get under a burden of prayer, and you start making prayer a part of your life. Amen. Remember her adversary. Verse number 6, her adversary provoked her sore to, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. I'll tell you what, the devil, he'll try you. He'll say, listen, you can't be something for God. You can't win people to God. He'll do all he can to discourage you. Right. Here in verse number 10, though, Hannah's there at the sacrifice in verse number 10, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then shall I give unto him, uh, uh, him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Man, she got under such a burden about it. I mean, it bothered her. Her adversary was saying, listen, listen, God must not love you like he loves your mothers. God must not care about you like he cares about others. Other places are seeing souls saved. Other people are seeing lives changed because of their life. Listen, something must be wrong with you. No doubt she was burdened by this. She was, she was broken hearted. The Bible said she was weeping over this. She was bitter in bitterness of soul. When was the last time that you and I got under such a burden in our hearts for sinners that we sat before the throne of God and wept and wept and wept and wept our way not only to God, but wept somebody back to Him? When was the last time that happened? And here she is brokenhearted and defeated and discouraged and, and all kinds of, God, I've got to have children. she got a hold of God. I'm going to tell you what to make you desire, not only the desire of children, but you got to pray for them. 
I'll tell you, we got to pray for our physical children, no doubt. But I'll tell you what, we've got to pray for spiritual children. We've got to pray that God lead us to men, women, boys, and girls that can be saved and know Christ as their Savior. We've got to get under a burden about this world is dying and going to a devil's hell and we'll spend eternity there unless you and I get under the burden of prayer and spend time in prayer and bitterness of soul and weeping and travail until God reaches out. Boy, I tell you what, my prayer life isn't near what it should be. This bitterness of souls, this tears, this weeping. Listen to this. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Boy, what a need in my heart today to have a broken heart over the sinful condition and sinners out here. I tell you, our churches today are, are, are just filled with critics of the world. It ought, not to, it ought not to surprise us that the world does the things the world does, but it ought to make us burden for them. We ought to pray for them. Say, man, them old junkies out there, uh, them prostitutes and, and those, those child molesters and this, that, and the other. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, in the eyes of God, a sinner is a sinner that needs to be saved. There's no extreme sinners and there's no less of sinners. They're all sinners that need Christ Amen. as their Savior. Well, yeah. I'm telling you today, you and I, you and I have to have the responsibility of trying to win people to Christ. But many times we go through the day and we never carry a track. We never carry any evidence that we're even concerned about a soul. How we go through the day, uh, sometimes we'll go days, weeks, months. Lord, help us not to be years before we ever try to influence anybody about Jesus. And we die without children. And we got to get under a burden about it. I mean, if revival's going to come, if you want your church changed and souls saved, we got to get under a burden about it in prayer. We got to get it. We got to be like Jacob. We got to get a hold of God and not let him go until God promises to bless us with souls. I want you to go back to Genesis chapter 25 for just a minute. Genesis chapter 25. <clears throat> Isaac's got him a wife, Rebecca. So exciting. The servant went clear over a long ways away and got him a wife. Man, they're excited. See, Isaac's that promised child. And he's thinking, man, God's going to give me a child. Days and weeks and months and years and no child. And here in chapter 25 and verse number 21 and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Saints must intercede for those we want to be saved. You got, listen, you need a list of people you want to see saved. I have on my desk at my office, I have a little red book. And I have people in there that I've met, talked to. And list their name and try to pray for them. I'm not the best at it. I picked that up from somebody else. I, I'm not as faithful at it. But I'm going to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, unless you and I stand between the living and the dead, 
there ain't nobody going to get saved. I gave the preacher a book this morning by Lee Thomas, and he said this in the opening statement of his book. He said, the lost will not and indeed cannot be saved unless someone prays for them. Somebody's got to be praying for them. Not only must we pray for ourselves to be ready to bear children, but we've got to pray for those we want to see saved. You say, well, Brother Tim, my goodness sakes, you this old guy I saw want to see saved, ain't no way he can get saved. So we're limiting God. We have no faith. You, you see, the, nothing has changed. God is still God. He is still the Savior of all mankind. And sinners are still sinners. There ain't nothing changed. The only thing that's changed is the mindset of you and I on who we think God can save. Well, now God can save them little kids. Well, what about old kids? What about them old hardened sinners? Man, preacher, we've been under a burden lately for, uh, and, and we've seen several saved, uh, uh, I call them old people. Uh, they're older than me, so they're old, amen. But we've seen several. We ain't seen uh, 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 some of those men uh, were one was 90. Well, he's 89. That's close to 90. We saw one saved his two saved as in her 60s. One was in his uh, 79. Died about eight months later. Uh, we've been praying God save these old folks. You know, I, I uh, you, you see somebody get, that's older get saved. And they said, "Well, that's a that's a miracle." No, it's a miracle every time somebody gets somebody gets saved. Yeah. Hey, listen, old people need Christ too. They may even need him more than the young people do. Why? Because they may be closer to eternity. You say, well, these old sinners out here, you don't know until you pray over them. You don't know until you stand between the living and the dead like, like Moses commanded um, uh, uh, Aaron to. He said, get the censer and go. The plague has started. And he went and he stood. Several died, but not everybody died. I like Paul. He said, I become all things to all men that by all means some might be saved. Say, well, we can't win them all. No, but we can win some. Amen. We need to get some. Amen. I don't know who they are out here. I don't know who they are around us. But listen, we need to be under a burden interceding for those that are lost. Amen. My goodness, if we don't. Some were saved. Some were saved. Psalm 2 verse 8, Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. I tell you, preacher, one day I got under a burden about that and I thought, where is the uttermost part of the earth? I don't know. But how am I going to get there? Amen? How in the world can I get to the uttermost part of the earth? I was up in Moberly one day and I tried to carry tracks with me and John and Romans just in case. I'm not the best at it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit tells me to do stuff and I don't. I hate to admit that to you, but I'm just being honest with you. There's times whenever opportunities come and I just pass them by. But I was uptown one, one day and the Lord began to deal with me. He said, you want to reach the uttermost part of the earth? I said, I sure do. I was hoping he wasn't calling me to missions. <laughs> amen. Well, let's all say amen. Yeah. yeah, praise the Lord. If you're not, you go. I like it right here where I'm at. And I, uh, I pulled up there and Walmart truck uh, uh, parking lot was filled with trucks. And I began to knock on doors, if they was in the truck there. And, I, and I'd hand them a John Romans, talk to him a little bit, and I'd ask him, where are you from? And I got a whole list in my office. I got like 10 or 12 pages. I've been all over the world, and I've never left Moberly. I've been to Nigeria. I've been to Russia. I've been to Africa. And those people all over the world are here, and they're right there in Moberly. 
sitting in them trucks. And I go all over the world, and I never even have to leave home. I thought, hallelujah. You see, ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to pray. So I write them down. I write where they're, I just write what town they're from, what state they're from, what country they're from, and I try to pray for them. I don't know if any of them are going to get saved or not. But I'm going to tell you what, nobody's going to get saved if we don't pray for them. One last verse, and then we'll be done. John chapter 14, 15. John chapter 15. <clears throat> John chapter 15. Had a good Sunday school lesson. He got real close to the verses. He got in chapter 14. We're going to be in chapter 15. Verse number 2. Jesus said this, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, I don't know what else to say other than this. If, if you have storm and you have the branch away from the tree, it's broken off, it's no longer connected to the tree, what do you do? You take it and you throw it in the dump. It is useless. Amen? It's useless. All right? But, he said here, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, look at verse number 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Look at verse number 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Now, I was doing real good in the message till I came to that part right there. And I want to give you the reason why most of us, if not the reason that all of us, don't see souls saved. We're not abiding in Christ the way that we should. The evidence of abiding in Christ is you bear fruit. You say, well, I think that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't. I think that's the fruit of of a Christian bearing a Christian. I think a, a vine bears the fruit that it is. Uh, I, have some, I have some blackberry vines. I have some grape vines. And guess what they bear? Exactly what they're made for. And a Christian is made to bear a Christian. So I'm going to ask you a question. I think it's really simple to, 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 to answer. I don't believe it takes a lot of, lot of thought. When was the last time you personally with purpose, led somebody to Christ. When? You say, well, you know, I've had a busy week. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about last week? Well, you know, I've had a busy two weeks. Well, how about the month? Well, you know, I've been kind of busy all month. How about the last three months? Well, I've had a busy, I've had a busy three months. Well, well, how about the last six months? Well, you know what? This year's been a roughing. How about the last year? Well, you know, we've been in COVID, and that's made it difficult on anybody. You know what? I bet hell was happy COVID came. You know, people still died and went to hell during COVID. Yeah, nothing stops hell. So when was the last time with purpose that you led somebody to the Lord? And I'm going to tell you what, if it's been a while, it'd probably do us all good to get on our face before God and spend some time apologizing and repenting. I like the, I, I don't know where the brother is. Oh, where's your son-in-law at? There he is. He used the word repentance. We need to repent as God's people. 
And we need to get our hearts in a place. You know, <clears throat> I, I, you know Brother David Gibbs, you ever heard of him? All right. Brother David Gibbs tells a story about a, a pastor he was with who told him one day, he said, Brother David, I'm going to tell you a story that God's done for me every day. And he tells this story, this pastor does to Brother Gibbs, every day he has led somebody to Christ. You say, wow. That's what Brother Gibbs said. Wow, tell me the story. And he said, I don't count anybody that got saved in church. He said, them, them are just free ones. And he said, every day I purpose to try to talk to somebody. And he said, God has allowed me every day to win somebody to Christ. And he said, I ask God not only to help me to win them to Christ, but then to give me the assurance that they're saved by helping them find a church to get in to follow the Lord in baptism. And he said, every day, every day I've led somebody to Christ. He didn't do that by accident. You know how he did that? He was always aware of the souls of people. You know, we just see people. As always, he, he saw souls. Men, women, boys, and girls that needed Christ. You'd be surprised out here. I was listening to Joe Arthur preach yesterday, and he was telling about a pastor who went out and was door knocking, and, and he said, led this, uh, knocked on this door, and he said, here came this guy dressed for Halloween in June. So, so you know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. He, he said he is dressed for Halloween in June. And he said, uh, he said his pastor friend talked to him a little bit. And he said, could I tell you the one, most wonderful news there is? And the old guy said, yeah. And he said he took his Bible and began to share with him about the love of God and the grace of God and the care of God for his soul. And he said, that old boy just wept his heart to Jesus and got saved. Brother Arthur tells a story, said the preacher said, uh, he, he, the preacher told him this. He said, I asked this question. He said, why ask it? He said, I don't know why. But he said, I've never asked this ever again. Don't. He said, I asked the guy, he said, I saw a guitar. He says, you played the guitar? He said, yeah, I played the guitar. He says, you know any, any gospel songs? He goes, well, I know a song about angels. He said, bring it Thursday night and play it for us. He said, we'll baptize you. And he said, okay. And he said, he said he got up there, preacher, and he said he started strumming that. And he said it wasn't God who made honky-tonk angels. Amen. <laughs> uh, just no matter which angels you're talking about. <laughs> Brother Arthur said that old boy is a pastor today. But you know what? Most of us look at people and we judge whether or not they can be saved by their appearance. That guy can't be saved. That guy can't be saved. That guy, it, they have to be like me to get saved. Good. Problem is, there's none good. No, not one. Yeah. Right. I just wonder today how many you've led to the Lord. Maybe you ought to come up here and talk to your pastor and say, Pastor, um, I, I won't put him on the spot, but maybe you ought to say, Hey, I haven't led anybody to the Lord ever on purpose. Would you help me to go out and knock doors until we see somebody saved? That may be all day. But if you'll pray and seek the Lord and get your heart right, God will help you. Maybe you need to come down here and get a hold of uh, a God and just say, God, people dying going to hell around me and I don't even care. But I won't change that today. That could change this church drastically if God's people would purpose not to die without children. They say when William Booth died, Three days, a constant flow of people walked by his.
casket for three days. Three days. He went down to the slums and to the outcast of England and won them to Christ. And when they walked by, they were some of them millionaires. They said for seven days after they buried him that his grave stayed wet with the tears of people sobbing and thanking God that he came their way and rescued them out of sin. I wonder today, you know, whenever we have a funeral, people walk by and they say, you know, he's a good worker, he's a good fisher, he's a good hunter, he's a good this. I wonder how many people is going to walk by my grave and say, you know what, if it wasn't for the preacher, I'd be in hell today. Or how many is going to walk by your grave and say that? Wouldn't it be a testimony, preacher, when we die, if it took them more than 15 minutes to walk by and every testimony was, that guy helped me to Jesus. 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 How many of you won to the Lord? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. Lord, my heart is so burdened that I have failed in this so miserably. Many days God go without even telling somebody about Jesus. Father, I pray, forgive me. Lord, there's probably people sitting here in these pews just like me. And Lord, we need revival. We need, we need to see ourselves, God, barren, empty, without any hope. God, help us not to be like Seled and Jether to die without children. But God, help us to be fruitful Christians. Help us, God, to lead many to Christ. Bless this church and the pastor and his wife and their families as they try to lead people to Christ. Help them from this day forward to make that their purpose and goal. Lord, I pray, bless with many souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.